Hello everybody, my name is Jeremy Franchese. You are listening to First Floor Conversations where we believe the view at the top is only as good as the foundation that preserves it. Hey, I wanted to say thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm excited for, t- for today, right? I wanted to discuss default or design. Uh, And I wanted to keep it pretty high level, whether you're in a business environment, whether it's personal life, whatever it may be, if you're evaluating where you're at in your career, I just wanted to play devil's advocate and and throw a few different ideas out there for ways you may be able to get a better return on your time, uh, create a better result in your business, uh, or maybe just get more done at home uh, in, in, in all the moving parts that come up with life, right? So default or design, what, what does that really mean, right? Default or design. What I look at that as is default, meaning after a million things going on in your personal life, that's just how it is right after running your small business and trying to stay in business and get cash flow moving and everybody wearing a million hats and all of a sudden it is what it is and Sally's doing 50 different things and John's doing 50 different things and they don't really have a designated role but they're getting everything done and it seems like it's working out those are two examples of default meaning there was no strategy there was no intent frankly there probably wasn't a whole lot more thought other than all right this has to get done who wants to take it who's most qualified to take it right maybe at home it's this has to get done who wants to take it you or your spouse the kids whatever it is that is up for grabs right it's just something that at the point of decision making that was the only item being discussed It wasn't as a system, right? So default or design, candidly, I think we all have a little bit of default. Whether it's in the gym and you just kind of go through the motions, right? Uh, You know, if you travel a lot and you're packing last minute, it's like, ah, this again, or, you know, there's a million examples we could throw around. Um, But I think the point is this. Whether it's personal or it's business, whether maybe it's you and your spouse, uh, time management, um, task management, maybe managing your team, ultimately there's a lot more that you can control uh, than, than, than is probably uh, on, on your desk staring back at you, right? A lot of times it's, it's easy to be reactive, right? You wake up and rather than addressing your own personal to-do list, what I call my non-negotiables, I have a 7 a.m. and a 6 p.m. reminder each day that has non-negotiables. And for me, there are three or four key things that I have to get done, whether it is an activity thing and and phone calls or it is moving something along in a process, Uh, maybe it's on a back-end administrative side, whatever it is, they're they're really key three to four items that for work, for specific work, uh, they're not negotiables, they have to get done. And then I have my accountability reminder on my calendar, a little bit of did you get it done, right? Uh, that's my hack. You can do what you want to do. But but my point is, uh, you, you punch in the clock, you walk in that day, and all of a sudden, your inbox becomes your to-do list. Ashton Kutcher uh, put out a really nice article. I think it was on Inc. Uh, and he talked about that. He said as he grew and developed his career, uh, more investments, more opportunities, uh, more demands, he started recognizing his inbox was his to-do list because everybody had fires to put out. Everybody needed his attention. And 
rather than addressing his own task list and, and, and working for his, his, his life, building his life, he was responsive and you know, reactive to everybody else's demands. Um, I always give the, the coffee cup analogy. And what I mean by this is from an owner level, if you're serving the cup at the front of the counter to the customer and cashing them out, it's very hard to pour that cup and also be the architect figuring out where to source the beans at the same time. Um, extreme example, I'm sure there's somebody that's going to hear this at some point in the like history of this being online that says, well, I can do that. And you know what? I'm sure you can. But the point is this. You're either the employee working in your life or you are the architect building the, the infrastructure with which you can uh, uh, deploy your strategies, bring in people um, and, and, and execute, right? And that can work in the in your home life, right? You're, you ever feel like those days you're just running around getting things done, but you're not actually moving forward? It's kind of like treading water, but but in real life, um, that's that's how I look at it. You're either the architect or or you are uh, the employee, um, and and I don't want the word employee to ever be used in a derogatory way. It's more just contextualizing. I'm sure there are other ways we can label them, but default or design is very simple. Default is over the course of time through stress and demand, things are the way they are because of the way they are, and. The shift here is, can we take a step back from everyday chaos and step away from default and uh, design something in a way that creates a better return on time, creates a more efficient system, makes people happier, right? You know, brings everything together in a more cohesive way. Uh, So, so for for example, uh, design, right? Um, this summer, you know, I, I used to work out after work. I started, I always knew, everybody always knows if, if you're engaged in your fitness life that uh, doing it before work is always the better option. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm sure there will always be devil's advocates that say, I can't do it. I'm not a morning person. Like, well, you know what? Like, let's be honest. You just don't have a good enough reason that's getting you out of bed because I'm sure if you have kids at home, you not having to go to the gym from 5 to 6.30, missing an hour and a half with your kids or your wife or your husband or your spouse, I'm sure that's probably a better alternative. And I'm sure there are other people in that Senate that would vote accordingly, right? Um... But, but the principle is this. I, through the course of my life, uh, which is not very long for most that know me, uh, with respect to, to the people that I'd like to, you know, and will have on this show, but um, my default was that it was after work because I was conditioned through everything I've done from schooling to work to everything. I, I didn't have it as, I didn't bake it into my calendar. It was something that like after all my other stuff's done, I got it done. Now that being said, like I always went, right? It was a priority, but it wasn't the first priority. And I started meeting uh, some amazing people and they were incredibly in demand with their profession. They had a lot of responsibilities. They were both personally successful with with their their whether it was romantic life or their home life or you know their kids um, as well as professionally and and I started digging in understanding their habits and one of the key things they said was I get up the first thing I do is I work on my life because if I work on my life first and then my job second um, I can continue moving forward on a macro level while having the micro complications on a daily basis right that resonated for me work on your life before hours work on your job during hours now if you're an entrepreneur you can kind of thread the needle and do both at the same time but for most people you're not an entrepreneur you don't control 100 percent of your time um 
hell, when you have kids, I don't have kids, but I'm sure when you have kids, it's hard to feel like you, you can control your time because you're on the clock, right? They're always in demand. But what I took away from this and, and ultimately what I, I implore most to think about is defaults are designed. I designed now where I get up, I work out 5 a.m., 5.30 to 7, uh, and then I'm able to punch the clock, get in, and... Uh, you know, I'm off to the races, you know, by 7.38, you know, maybe 8.30, depending on the day. But but the the ability to get micro wins before the day starts was impactful for me. And I, that's also what those mentors talked about. Um, whereas before, the first thing I would do would be, be, be like wake up, shower, eat, and go to work. Uh, now, all of a sudden, getting up on time is a small win. Getting into the gym before 5.30 is a small win. Getting a good workout in is a small win. Getting home on time and and showering, eating a good breakfast. I'm five and O oh before I even start my day. My momentum is kicked in, my headspace is clear, and I've started taking 1% forward from a life perspective before my reactive nature of what do I have to get done today kicks in. And when I designed it that way, everything else improved. I my sleeping was regulated, my health got taken to the next level, my ability to be more disciplined and accountable in my professional environment was great, my confidence went up. Um, so, so one example, a personal example, but from a business perspective, let's take a second for, for the business folks. If you run a small business, meaning you have under 100 employees, you have probably evolved over the course of your several years or maybe a couple decades, I don't know. And there are probably systems in place that are the way they are because it is just something that was built by default as you grew and scaled because top priorities were set as a clear north star and all the other things were kind of aggregated into departments or through people that you knew you could trust to get the job done, but there wasn't really a design there. It's kind of like that one, that one drawer in everybody's kitchen that has all those random cords in it. Like it wasn't like there was a consensus in in the family of like, all right guys, where do we want to put all of our useless shit? And they're like, uh, top right drawer, John. All right, sounds good. All in favor? Aye. Nobody voted on it. You just took all the top drawer tasks, all those miscellaneous cords, quote unquote tasks, and you shelved them in a department. Maybe it's HR, maybe it's your operations, maybe it's accounting, I don't know, but you shelved it and, and there's no return and it's highly administrative and it's not productive, right? It's active, it's engaging maybe, but like it doesn't actually get much done other than status quo. I put out an article on LinkedIn that, that alluded to, uh, excuse me, it referenced you know, the checking account versus hedge fund analogy. And it was, it, it was simple, ROI by design, like if I give 100 grand to a checking account, it's not designed to be a retirement vehicle, right? It's, it's designed to be a parking space. You know, so when you look at uh, a hedge fund or maybe a mutual fund or a 401k, like it's designed in a way where it's supposed to yield a return. Obviously, there's a risk, but my point is it's designed accordingly. Um, when you look at your company, there are likely room, uh, there's likely room for you to redesign something. Now, yes, implementation of systems takes time. It impacts culture, yada, 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 whatever your excuses are. Redesigning things is imperative. You update your phone every 20 minutes if Apple pushes it out, depending on what provider you use. You update your laptop. For people that don't update their systems, that's like speaking in old English in 2019. Like, you have to update the language and the systems with which your technology operates. You update the system. Yeah, it takes some time. Maybe you have a little bug there. Maybe it's a hiccup. But your systems need updating just like your organizational systems. That's called default or design. You got to design things to get the better return. So, 
uh, to wrap things up here, um, where can you improve? Where can you be more efficient? Where can you buy yourself back time for other tasks that you enjoy? That could be that glass of wine at the end of the day where rather than having six minutes, you get 15 minutes, maybe a half hour. It could be that extra hour with the spouse. Um, you know, you could get out of the office 30 minutes early because you're just a little bit more efficient. Um, as an entrepreneur, you have labor costs, health care, taxes, insurance, wages, benefits, compensation. What can you design in your organization from an administrative operational standpoint to drive a better return? What tasks can you get rid of that originally were, were put on the books internally as infrastructure because they were tasks that were necessities? Compliance, administration, onboarding, I-9s, EEOC, whatever it is, right? They're all necessities, but that doesn't mean your people have to do them, right? Default or design, did you design it that way because that was intentional or did it default that way because you just needed it done and you had other things to worry about? So you told somebody to take care of it. So regardless of what it is, I just employ you. Think about it. Default or design, where can you improve? Where can you find better time? What can you do to get a better result? And ultimately, uh, if you're more strategic and there's time spent designing things in your life to have a system that's efficient, I'm not telling everybody to be a robot. But again, these conversations are simple. The view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. And if your foundation is a bunch of bricks thrown together that just need to be put in place, think about the value that could have of your time management, task management, relationship management. Think of all those moving parts. If you take a step back and stop trying to build up and build, 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 keep moving, keep moving, and you take a step back and say, you know what? Let me reanalyze how I built my foundation can I redesign this so that I can keep growing? Because the foundation of a three-story building is a different foundation of a 300-story building. Well, everybody wants to keep growing. Everybody wants a bigger salary, bigger raise, more responsibility maybe, more at every single which way. Did you build a foundation in a design that can actually hold it? So that's all for today. Thank you for joining. My name is Jeremy Franchese. This is First Floor Conversations, where we believe the view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. Thank you so much. 